0: Hello again, I am back again doing another solo podcast. It's been about a month or so since I did the last one. Uh, a couple things have gone uh, in my life here and there that I'm just going to share with you. Um, and still kind of going back to what I was talking about the last uh, solo podcast I had in which I was still going to kind of reference some stuff from uh, when we went down to Disney about a month ago um i'm still going to kind of continue some conversations there i may even uh re go back to another uh segment i did a couple years ago um but specifically maybe update since i was just in disney a couple uh uh a month ago i'm just going to go and uh just maybe re up my uh top 5 favorite rides in disney world so that you can look forward to later in this episode. But for now, uh, to start this episode off, I'm just going to do uh, kind of my usual and just kind of give some uh, life updates. So uh, why don't you join me? So one thing that's happened since I've last uh, podcasted is that I celebrated a birthday. Yes, I am now 27, which is hard to believe that I've made it here, <laughs> made it to 27, um, and that it's already here Um it's not weird that I don't have this weird thing of, oh, I'm getting older. I'm It's just kind of weird that just going back to it, and I know so on uh, Underachievers at times we've talked about it, how quick these last couple of years have gone, but it feels like it's gone on really quick these last um, few years because it, it feels like yesterday that like 10 years ago I was 17, uh, junior, going on senior in high school, uh, just kind of getting – almost ready for college kind of thing. Just kind of figuring out that that part of my life and that next chapter. feels like I was just doing all that stuff like a week ago and that's just going on about 10 years ago at this point. But yeah, at the beginning of the month, I turned 27. Um, And I think I said this on my uh, Under podcast if you want to check that out. um, I'll link that below. Um, But one thing I I didn't really say there was kind of... What I did for my birthday and everything So just kind of give you a little bit of what we did there I kind of uh, gave it a little bit in that I celebrated it early But um, what I did was Now this is going back all the way back to uh, December And the recording of this episode is the uh, January 30th So it's about a month ago I celebrated my uh, actual birthday with my family uh, We went out on New Year's Eve actually Of <laughs> all days, believe it or not I went out with my, uh, two brothers and my parents and we just went out to, uh, a brewery, um, and, uh, just a brewery we haven't been to, just in Phoenixville and we just were trying to, uh, they had just the little specialty kind of menu cause it was New Year's Eve and they just had, a Chardonnay just had a regular like little, uh, bacon cheeseburger kind of thing, uh, they had some good appetizers, from what I remember. Uh, and then they only had like a couple kind of drinks. I think I had one, and then they switched over to uh, or cocktail, and then they switched over to, uh, to a lager uh, as the night went on. But we were there for probably an hour, an hour and a half. Um, and that's pretty much how I celebrated it. Um, we did everything pretty much early at that point, because that weekend my parents were going away uh so that was kind of the best time to really be able to celebrate my birthday um and because of that um uh, i did all the birthday kind of celebrating uh beforehand so by the time my birthday actually came it didn't really feel like it was actually my birthday if you get what i mean by that it's just like there there was no outside of like getting a bunch of like oh happy birthday kind of celebration like texts or messages or whatever um Outside of that, I just did nothing on my actual birthday itself, <laughs> as fun as that sounds, <laughs> um, which I don't mind. I don't mind having like a relaxing birthday every once in a while. I was, I, as many days as relaxing I can kind of get, um, I just kind of like want to take advantage of. So it's not the worst thing in the world that I didn't really do anything on my b- actual birthday, given that the fact that my birthday fell on a Thursday this year. So not really much to really do on a Thursday. So just kind of hung around, just relaxed. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all I really did from birthday. Um, so yeah, that's really it in terms of kind of life updates. This month has been kind of busy just trying to get work done. And I know I've been kind of slacking. I said I wanted to do more of these uh, episodes and I'm still trying to get onto that, trying to get a good routine, uh, so I had some time today, so I just decided, you know what, let's just get an episode in. Um, but yeah, there's ha- hasn't been too, too much, uh, going on. Uh, I've been watching sports and, uh, the, the playoffs and everything. Obviously, the Eagles have just made it to the Super Bowl, which I'm sure you'll be hearing us talk about more on the, uh, under episode that will be coming out later today. Um, if you're just interested in that, that'll be coming out later tonight, um, if not, you can always find it tomorrow morning. Um, uh, but, yeah, you can always find that on our Underachievers podcast uh, YouTube, or uh, podcast pages, wherever you get your podcast. Wherever you're – even if you're listening to this one, you're probably uh, – could search it on there as well. Um, but moving on a little bit, I kind of want to go back a little bit to um, uh, the vacation I had about a month ago in Disney because there was an uh, – a question that kept repeating itself uh, while I was there was my family. And one of the things, and I just kind of wanted to talk about it uh, here, is whether adults can still have fun at Disney or Universal, at a theme park that aren't big, like Disney or Universal or theme park fans. Are Is there enough there to do that those not like me or, uh, family that are really into it, can they still have fun in those? And that's uh, one thing we found. uh, uh, The question that kept kind of coming up because we were there with some people who probably weren't the biggest fans of Disney or theme parks and all that stuff. So finding stuff for all of us to have fun with was a challenge in itself, but it's fun to do or uh, kind of uh, figure out. And that's just one thing I kind of want to talk about today. Uh, as well on this uh, on this uh, podcast because um I generally think just no real bias here trying to get that biasy stuff out of, uh, out of the way of just being a big fan of disney and disney world and all those theme parks and everything um I just think there's enough to to do especially at disney less so universal which I'll get to in a little bit but I feel like there is Enough to do that you can satisfy anybody's needs. Obviously, if you're a family and you have small children, there's stuff you can do with a, sh- a lot of things you can do with your family. You can go to the May dark rides. You can do character dinners or breakfasts or lunch, whatever. Um, you can meet the characters just outside of that. You can just do so much just family stuff you can do with your kids. There's a bunch of um, shows, a bunch of... Um, kid-oriented dance things and all that you can do that you can find there. Which is great if you have a family and you're into that kind of thing. But for this, I'm just kind of looking at uh, just kind of once you get older, once you hit that teenage kind of young adult to adult ages, can you find stuff there um, to have fun with and still enjoy your time there? Even just kind of forgetting the fact that you may be spending a good amount of money while you're down there. But <laughs> I think the risk is obviously outside of the family and kid stuff, which you can still find enjoyment in that as well. Uh, you may find enjoyment of what I find enjoyment as well, is that you can just kind of walk in and see all the care and dedication and detail and everything that went into uh, the parks themselves. So whether it's looking down Main Street and you see the buildings and the Cinderella Castle all the way down um, or um, going on a dark ride and just seeing all the animatronics that they have on on those or any new rides or anything like that, that's just some of the stuff that I just really enjoy, just the little things like that or little... um, Interactions between the people and characters and stuff like that. Whether it's a tap or dance, singing on Main Street, whether it's a particular character having a good interaction, uh, stuff like that just really gets the feeling even more. And you get that, and it's said every time when you ever go to uh, a Disney park, and that's what they try to uh, instill is that you can still have that enjoyment of family or as a kid and everything. So when you're down there, you don't even really care about what's going on in the outside world. And for me in particular, in that trip, it was probably the least amount I've ever been on my phone or anything because I was with people that I liked. I was doing things that I genuinely enjoyed, and I was just in the moment. And that's just one of the many things that I just very much love about Disney and doing those theme parks is that you could just kind of escape almost reality at that point and go into this, uh, world, and maybe that's not for everybody, but that is just for me, um, uh, but there's that, if you're not into that kind of thing, then I think there's still stuff you can't do, there's so much stuff, like, if you're a young adult, kind of late teen, kind of age, um, where you're at that age where you're, like, um, I'm too cool for Disney kind of thing. I think there's still stuff you can do. Like if you're in Epcot, you always have some kind of food festival, um, whether it's wine and dine or a festival of the holidays, whatever it is, there's always some kind of festival going on. Obviously not all all the time, but for most of the year, there's some kind of festival going on where you can enjoy different uh, foods, different drinks and stuff like that. So you can enjoy that aspect of it. You can enjoy the rides. If you're into rides, there's, they're trying to get more thrilling in some of the rides they have, like Guardians or what will open up in March with Tron. Like they're obviously trying to get as many people interested as possible, trying to get as many different uh, people's interests and everything. So there's that aspect. So overall, I think Disney, especially, I think you can find um, as an adult, there's always something that you can do. You can check out the dining, you can check out the, you can just go to Disney Springs and you can probably find something there, whether it's shopping at one of the many outlets or stores or checking out the many restaurants that are there. Most of them are very, very good for our trip in particular. We went to wine bar George, which is fantastic or producer 37, which is also very good. Like they have a bunch of restaurants just like that, that you can just go down there, um, have a good date night and, just have fun there that's one another aspect you can have just disney's particular there's that you can it accommodates a lot of people um, a lot of people's interests which i'm repeating myself here when i say that but yeah i think you know what i'm trying to say there um, but Trent, switching over a little bit to uh, the universal side of it and that's where i think it's a little different and that universal it's very much a thrill centered um, some family yes it's some family oriented things but not family oriented as what we were doing with not very toddler friendly park which I think I mentioned in my last episode too which, which universal was not the f- most child friend or toddler friendly park because there's very few attractions and stuff that they can actually be able to do uh, so really you're just left to just stay uh, staying in uh, the Dr. Seuss area uh, or some other like kitty type area or seeing a show or stuff like that. That's more or less what you can do with a family. But for Universal Unprotected, their, their appeal especially you can tell is to that young teen, young adult kind of almost, I, that feeling is, like I mentioned a couple minutes ago, that too cool for Disney kind of mentality, which some people have at Just some people's faces, some people go through it. Some people are just not big fans of Disney, just can't do anything Disney. It's fine, everyone has their own kind of opinions and thoughts and all that stuff on that. Uh, But for Universal, it's very much that. So whenever they have like Mardi Gras that's coming up for them or Halloween Horror Nights, there's always some kind of uh, element of um, some alcohol or some party-esque atmosphere to it. Uh, where they're obviously uh, trying to attract the young adults and everything and you can tell by most of their attractions too because they're very thrill oriented um and that's not something that they're just uh coming up with it like disney it's in their dna it's just what they do so, like, they have those 4D theaters, which isn't my particular favorite thing, but it's something that they do. So it's that little added bonus tube that of a theater. It, add, it makes you feel much more into it, um, which some people like. Some people like the Minions ride. I'm not a big fan of it. Just the 4D theaters things just aren't my th- favorite thing. Or those motion simulator things where you're viewing a screen, it just feels different. Again, it's... Again, not my favorite, but again, it's very thrilly. It's very um, uh, thrilly, I guess. I can't think of it in any other words other than say it's a, thr- uh, a thrill-oriented uh, rides and systems and everything. So those are definitely things that I would say are um, definitely uh, more towards that adult- uh, young adult kind of teenage, late teenage teens um, uh, kind of thing because kids, those people are going to want to be more instead of if you're going to look at different events if you're comparing Disney and Universal, which will be on their own kind of episode on its own video and everything. Um, their events are geared more towards, um, I think, teenagers in that kind of dem- demographic where yeah, Disney's is more family oriented. Yes, they and I mentioned the Epcot, and that's uh, and the many festivals they have there. That's the closest you'll get to uh, an event that Universal kind of throws, um, like a Halloween Horror Nights or a Mardi Gras. Um, but I feel like if you're more of a thrill seeker, like we went with people that were uh, more thrill seekers, more want that roller coaster kind of feel to it, not very into those dark ride kind of. Uh, rides like I typically am I, I'll i do both I like roller coasters I like dark rides I'm not picky one way or the other uh, but I, I can I absolutely understand people's feelings of not being too into it's a small road or dark rides in that particular and want to be more thrilled they want to go get launched on a, on a, a roller coaster or they want to have that thrill of a free fall or stuff like that that's what those uh, people enjoy. That's what Universal absolutely kind of uh, instills and tries to get through people. But I still think there's a good amount there. They can kind of get a lot of people to enjoy. They obviously have City Walk, so they have their own stores and restaurants that you can enjoy. We went to um, the Chocolate Emporium, which was another fantastic restaurant just outside of um, Universal on uh, City Walk. So, again, there's definitely a lot there to do. I think there's a lot uh, that adults can have fun with. And I'm just saying, it just and this might be a little biased too, but I just think there's that feeling of you can, I, and maybe it's just me, that I can still have fun at a Disney park or a Universal park and not actually go on any real rides and still enjoy the ambiance of being there. And maybe that's just me, but that's just how I few of those rides and how much I enjoy going down there.
1: But anyways,
0: moving on a little bit, just transitioning to one last little topic I have before I get off for this week's episode. Um, one thing I wanted to try to get back to a little fun thing is kind of, cause I was, like I said, at the beginning of this episode, uh, since I just went down there about a month ago, my kind of top five favorite rides may have changed and yes, I did this a few years ago, and I feel like maybe circling back to it. So without a further ado, let let's just kind of get on in on that. So I'm going to go from five to one, uh, one being my f- favorite, uh, and so on. Um, and this is just looking at Walt Disney World and those four theme parks. Um, I may do one next week or and the future of Universal Rides. But for this one, I'm going back to kind of my Disney ones because I think it may have changed a little bit in terms of some of the rides that I um, said are my favorite there. Um, But if you want to compare or not, uh, I'll link that video where I talked about it last time. Um, I didn't really circle out that one. It's actually just a whole episode. Uh, But you can check that out on the Mike Wetmer Podcast YouTube page if you were interested in that. Um, But anyways... I'm gonna start with that, with number five, which I am going to have to go with, which has now gone Splash Mountain. Um obviously it's being changed over to uh briefly so, um, I think, uh, to Tiana's uh Bio Adventure, but just and it had been years prior then um I went on Splash Mountain and we pretty much went on it and we went on it multiple times uh, when you're we down there. Um, that, that was one where uh, for the past couple years that uh, just cause when we went, it was warm, but not warm enough to really do a water ride or stuff like that, or it was always under refurbishment. So we never really got to do it. So for this time, we actually went on it and when you did Mickey's um, very Merry Christmas party, we, Went and rode that with no weight at all. We did that the first day we were all there in Magic Kingdom. It was just one um, that we hadn't done in a while. And it's just a great ride too. It was a great ride. Um, uh, besides the drop at the end uh, or whatever. It's just a good little story and everything. Um, outside of the obviously problematic features of it. But overall, the everything about the log room ride of it is just to me, one of the best, just, uh, not even just log from rides, just best water rides just ever, that I've ever been on, uh, between the story itself, the thrill aspect of it and the best part of it, you get wet. And at least for me, when I went, my shoes didn't get wet and that's what all I asked for. So I'm not slishing around and my socks don't get wet or anything like that. That's what I, want the most out of a water ride is to get wet but not too wet um and that ride has a good amount of wetness to not wet kind of uh scale that i like uh but yeah i think that's now in kind of my in my top five uh going to number four now and which i'll have to say is hmm Probably Big Thunder. I think that may have fallen a bit uh, on my list. Uh, Just trying to go off of muscle memory there of what I did last time. I think i had that like maybe two. But yeah, I definitely think that one's probably more of a a number four now. Uh, Just because it's still just a fantastic kind of uh, mind train ride. That's a good amount of thrill without getting too... Kind of uh, thrill you kind of understand what I'm saying. Uh, there. That's just one that I've just always enjoyed. And whenever we go down to Disney, and it's always just a nostalgia kind of ride for me as well. And that's why a lot of these uh, rides and parks and everything are rated so high. Because, again, one of the things I did a couple uh, months ago as well was rank the top four, my four favorite Walt Disney World theme parks, which, again, is one I'll also link and this video if you're watching um, uh, on that Mike Whitmer podcast YouTube page. Um, a lot of it is just a matter of nostalgia, and that ride has always been nostalgic. Ever since I was a young kid going to Disney, uh, Big Thunder Mountain was always one we had to do when we were down there. We would ride it multiple times, and it didn't matter, and it was no different this last time we went uh about a month ago, and similar to that is Splash Mountain that I just mentioned. It was one that I I rode about a couple times, probably about maybe three times, I think. Definitely once to make it very merry and uh, the first day we went. I think we went a couple times. Um, but yeah, that was another one. And it was great because they're right next to each other, and what we do all the time is we do splash and then we go to the thunder or thunder and then splash. And the way we did it this time was we did splash. We got wet and then he'd dry off and then he'd go to thunder. That's just how we always do it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's definitely going to probably be my number four now. Uh, number three, I think it's still going to have to be, um, I think, Everest. I think it's now number three for me. Uh, It's one that... It's, to me, the best, even with the adding of um, uh, the new Guardians roller coaster, and obviously I haven't ridden uh, Tron yet, because it still obviously hasn't been open yet. Uh, But to me, it's the best roller coaster in Disney World, hands down. And I don't think it's really that close. I think it's just... To me, it's the best roller coaster. It has the it has great theming around it in terms of going on this exped this uh, hiking expedition of Everest and of the Forbidden Mountain and everything. There's this the Yeti and everything. I know the Yeti isn't uh, what it used to be when it first opened, but it's still got this a great feel. And another ride that we do again tradition. Um, It's kind of, I noticed too, especially when you went down there, whenever I'm on like the Disney uh, app and looking at wait times, I feel like the popularity of that ride has also kind of dipped a little bit. Obviously, if you go to Animal Kingdom now, it seems like the long waits are for um, the rides and the Navigated journey or Flight of Passage and the Pandora area, or even at times, like we had to wait in a well over an hour line of uh, the Safari line, which is obviously just a Great rides as well I you know i haven 't done still have yet to do the Pandora rides, um, but the Safari ride is great, and those are usually the ones that have long rides but for whenever i've looked i've always seen and it probably depends on the day obviously and how busy it is, but I feel like it's lately whenever look it's no more than like maybe a forty five minute wait and when we went, we waited maybe at most half hour for everest and we rode it multiple times not in one day and the uh, two times we went to uh, Animal Kingdom. We wrote it multiple times. Just because the, the aspect of it going forward, and then you start going backwards. And even though there's no loop to it, it still makes you feel like you go through a loop. It's just so thrilling, and everything around it just so fantastic. Uh, number two, I'm going to have to... I think two and one are probably about the same as what I did on that last one. But number two... Is going to have to be uh, Rise of the Resistance. Again, even though I'm not the biggest of Star Wars fans, but the just simple aspect of once you get on through the queue and everything, and actual on the, on the ride itself, and we waited probably longer than we probably should have when we uh, went to... Uh, uh, actually, there is kind of a funny story there. So how we did it was... Uh, we just saw it was like I think at most like an hour waiting we just said no what screw it let's just wait in it." and we waited so long that we actually got on the ride itself and once you got to that uh, scene where you're caught and you're um, being waited to get interrogated uh, by the uh, first order or whatever and you're in that room with all the stormtroopers they got us they um how to leave the ride because it had broken down, um, and because of that they um, they gave us a lightning lane to come back for when the ride opened up, and we just left did, um, Toy Story Mania, then came back and rode it again, uh, did it again, um, but just little little hiccup with that ride, and obviously that because there's so many moving parts to the ride itself since it's pretty much three rides of one there's a lot that can go down with it and obviously one thing that happens with it is that it just unfortunately has a bunch of times where it just goes down and everything so you can't control it obviously um so yeah we were a little annoyed because we had to wait so long and everything just to finally get on to have to then have to exit the ride. Uh, But we were able to go back on, go through it. It was great. Still great. Still a fun ride. Uh, But again, it's just that aspect of you feeling like you're in the Star Star Wars universe. You feel like you're there. Like that's how great that ride is. And obviously you're not actually there. It's not uh, really that, but it just has your imagination going. It's like, oh, wow, I'm like in a Star Wars movie right now. It's just that kind of Feeling around it, it's just so so incredible. Which then leads us to number one, which is still probably my number one. And even though we weren't able to do it because the line was no low, shorter than eighty minutes, as Tower of Terror. And even though that was one ride we didn't do, the whole time we were down there, and we were—I think we went to Hollywood Studios at least three times when you're down the Disney for the ten days we are down there. Um, that ride is just always going to be my number one between the theming, the thrill element of it, of the drop tower, just everything about it is just so fantastic that it just, there's, I, I just can't move it from my number one. And again, the nostalgia factor. And even though I, we didn't do it this past time, it's always a go to. It's always one I would always recommend. If someone come out, comments below or asks me, what rides should I do if I have to? If I have only like a couple hours to kill in uh, Hollywood studios, what rides should I do? And Hollywood and Tower of Terror is going to be absolutely one I would always recommend. Always going to that, recommend that ride. And even if you're not, and maybe it's just me, and obviously there's just people who have. Uh, fears of height and everything. So a drop tower ride is just not going to be for them. But for me, and maybe it's just me, I feel like that enclosure a bit of what the ride is, and you're not really seeing all the way out. You're seeing out a little window. I feel like to me that makes it a little better than going to what I mentioned earlier in Universal, like Dr. Doom's flight or another drop tower where you're just kind of out in the open, like any kind of carnival drop tower rides or anything like that where more out in the open and seeing more around you which can be cool in its own right and obviously I don't really have that fear of heights um, so either one's fine with me but I feel like that the feeling of it being kind of closed off and you're I feel like it's a little more safe that way um, obviously they have safety in mind with those rides and obviously if you have that fear you just so that fear that something could go wrong and everything I completely completely can understand that but just to me, it's just one where I. If you have that fear, I would still. If it's a minor fear, I would still have you do it, because um, even we went with someone who wasn't, the, uh, who wasn't a fan of heights and everything, and even my uh, older brother Matt would never do it when he went when I was a kid. Never do it because he was afraid of heights and all that stuff. But now he loves the ride. He conquered it, and now he. Likes it too. He loves, I for a similar reason, why I like it. The, the theming, the the feeling of the Twilight Zone and everything like that. Just everything around it, of this abandoned uh, hotel and everything, just so incredible. And the Imagineers did a fantastic job with those rides and all five rides that I mentioned. And I could go on on and on. And these are very tight-knit kind of things in terms of what's making one ride better than the other. Um, but yeah, those are probably my, at the moment, my updated top five favorite rides in Magic Kingdom, in Walt Disney World, and obviously Hollywood Studios, Animal and all of Walt Disney World. And with that being said, I think that is where I'm going to end it for this week's solo podcast. Until next time, hopefully I'll be around next week. I'm still going to try to get onto a working kind of schedule in terms of trying to get these more out there. And again, like I said, In my last week's episode, don't be surprised if it's going to be more of the same of uh, me talking about Disney World, Universal, theme park stuff, um, because it's still just fresh in my mind and just stuff I just really like talking about. Uh, So for the next couple episodes, you're just going to see more of that. Um, Maybe some reviews here and there, peppered in. Uh, My take on Disney versus Universal, more on that. I've previewed little things here and there that I've talked about it. Uh, But in a future episode, I'm definitely going to kind of talk between the two. Um, But with that, until later today, when I see you guys later for our next Under Chambers podcast with all three of us joining us again this week, I will see you later.